Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. 11 minutes, actually four minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. Sometimes I switch numbers in my eyes. (laughs) I think they have a a name for that, but I can't spell it, so I can't say it, so I'm not even going to try it. Anyway, if you'd like to join us, if you have a car question, the next hour we're talking about car repair, your car, symptoms, dollars, do I sell it, do I trade it in, where do I go to have this kind of work done, and I'll tell you, if you have a shop that you trust and you need upholstery work or a windshield replaced or stereo, your stereo system is down or whatever, a good place to start is with your repair shop. Ask them who they use to accomplish those particular goals. And uh, that helps you a little bit because when you walk in, um, you should say that I'm here because ABC Auto recommended you. puts a little pressure on the shop to do a good job because they recognize him as a customer. Now, most of us won't take spiffs or you know any kind of kickback from a vendor that we refer to. Most shops don't do that. They just say if you're going to give the, you know if you're going to give me 10% of the bill, give it to my customer. That's what most shops do. Some don't, but but some do. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with either way. The idea is is that that you're going to get taken care of because of the additional pressure of being, you know, uh, referred to that shop by your repair shop. This portion of Unhooked is brought to you by Quality Transmission, and they don't have different grades of repair. You always get their very, very best effort. Now, while they're not the most expensive shop in the town, in the town they're not the cheapest either, but they do quality work. They use quality parts. Ninety percent of the business they do day to day is repeat customers or referrals from those customers. They're a member of the Automatic Transmission Rebuilders Association. And even though they only have one location in Tempe, they offer a nationwide warranty through Automatic Transmission Rebuilders Association. And quality has been in the Valley since 1977. So they'll talk to you and they'll drive your car for free anytime you want. All you have to do is call them or just drop by Quality Transmission. They're on McClintock, just north of University, on the east side of the road. All right, we got that covered. Okay. Um, because we don't have any callers, I'm going to go f- to emails. And uh, the lady, uh, lady, or uh, oh, it's a man. The um, Mike says, "Hey, Mark, I have a 2007 Honda Accord LX uh, with a four-cylinder motor. The dealer says that at 100,000, I'll be needing a tune-up at a cost of $599, and a timing chain at a cost of $499. So that's 1,100 bucks, folks. By the way, my question is that fair, and does the timing chain have an adjustment that can be checked?" I'm pretty sure Mike, and I'm going to write Mike back. I haven't done that yet, but I'm pretty sure he's talking about a timing belt. So it's a rubber belt, a cogged belt. 
I agree with him at 100000 you should have that done. The uh, timing uh, belt cost of $500 is a little, a little deficient because here's why. Many times when the shop bids the job, they take just the labor and just the belt. So let's say the belt is four, the labor is 400 and the belt is 100. So they bid you at five. But that's not what it's going to be at the end because you are going from the front of the motor quite deep into the motor to replace the timing belt. So while you're there, the question is, is do you want to take advantage of all that labor? I'll give you an example. Why don't we replace the fuel pump while we're there so you don't have to pay that same $400 a week or a month or a year from now for to do the water pump. Why don't we just do the water pump while we're there? Now, instead of charging you $400 to dig the water pump out, I'm only going to charge you 50 bucks to unbolt it, scrape the gasket, and put a new one on, plus the water pump. Can you see the difference there? Now, if I get in there and I find out that the cam and the crank seal are both leaking oil, I need to replace those. I've already taken the upper and the lower hose off, so why don't we replace those because you've already paid for the labor. Now, the timing belt has a tensioner and an idler pulley. The tensioner keeps tension on the belt, and we want to replace that. And the idler pulley does the same. It keeps tension on the belt. So don't we want to replace those after 100,000 miles? Because 100,000 miles is four times around the girth of the earth. Four times. So in reality, the shame of it is that you quote 500 bucks for the timing, and, and then you get it apart. Everybody knows the customer's not going to come and put their engine in a, in, a, in a shopping cart and roll it down the street. Oh, Mrs. Jones, Mike, when I got in there, yeah, the tensioner's bad, the uh, the idler pulley's bad, the cam and the crank seal are leaking oil, and the water pump's leaking. Mike, I need to boost you up to about eleven, twelve hundred bucks. That's what happens. That's exactly the reason why it is your job, and you can't pass this responsibility on to anybody. It's your job to get a complete estimate when you have work done, a detailed estimate. You can't go by the number alone because you can't call me and say, they said $500 to do the timing belt, and I'm going to say, what does the 500 include? And you don't know. So you have to get that information. You have to say just the belt and just the labor. Okay, well, there's... $500 of other parts in there that are free labor, so to speak, that we're, we should replace to give you another 100,000 miles. As far as the tune-up is concerned, for $600, a tune-up at 100,000 miles on a Honda? I'm thinking spark plugs. I'm thinking that $600 has got a couple of things like we're going to flush your fuel injectors, we're going to clean your upper intake plenum, we're going to clean your mass airflow sensor. We're going to clean your throttle blades. We're going to decarbonize your engine. And we're going to change the molecular structure of your oil. That's what it concludes. And in fact, all you need is a set of spark plugs and to make sure the cap and the rotor look good and the wires are okay. That's all you need. I'd be hard-pressed to spend $600 doing a 100,000-mile tune-up service on your Honda. Now, if you've never changed the air filter, never changed the fuel filter, never done anything underneath the hood of that car with respect to tune-up, now, just this is tune-up, then I could get close to $600 if I had to do the air filter, if I had to do the fuel filter, if uh, I had to do all the spark plugs, all the wires, all the cap, and all the rotor. I probably can get close. 
but that's why you have to ask. And then you say, okay, well, you got the timing belt, the t- the timing belt, and the labor in there. But what other things could you find wrong when you get there? I want you to bid a worst case scenario, and that's what you really want. That's your job. That's not my job. That's your job. My shop, and and it's the radio show that I've been doing in Phoenix since 1988. This this show since 1988. There's good and there's bad. And let me tell you, the good is great, but here's the bad. The bad is is that you trust me, and I appreciate that, and I'm blessed with your trust. But I can't bid work where you don't know what the work is. All you have is they're going to replace my timing belt for $600 or $500. I need more than that. I don't know what to bid. That's kind of like saying, I want you to bid my house, building my house. Well, this guy said it was a three-bedroom. Okay, that's all. Does he have a kitchen? Well, no. Does he have any bathrooms? No, it's just a three-bedroom house. Well, if I'm going to build your house, I need to know what the plans look like. I need to know what I'm bidding against. Oh, he has three bedrooms, three baths, two family room, an upstairs and a downstairs, nine sliding glass doors, 42 windows, and a metal roof. Okay, now I can do a better job. That's exactly what it's all about. It's all about you getting a detailed estimate. Get your pencil, get your paper. Let's start with the parts. What are you going to replace? What's in your estimate? Timing belt, water pump, crank and cam seals if needed, tensioner for sure, idler for sure, upper lower radiators for sure. 100,000 miles, you make the, dif- the, the, the the discussion, Mr. Customer, you make the decision for that. You want to do a water pump or you want to do it at 120,000 miles and have another $400 labor? I just, I'm just telling you, now is the time to do it. Your car's been around the earth of the, the girth of the earth four times. We need to do it. That's kind of the conversation that you need to have. Okay, Jeremy, who do we have? Gary, good morning to you. Thanks for calling. How can I help you this morning? Yep. Hey, Mark. I have a 2,700 Honda CRV. It's one owner. It's 120,000 miles. The air condition has never been good, and I brought it back to the dealer like literally five times, and they always say everything's within spec, but this thing never gets. It it, it can't handle Arizona heat, and I'm just wondering. Okay. What All right. Let me ask you do. some questions. Okay, just telling me it can't handle Arizona heat doesn't help me, but let me ask you questions that will help me. Does it seem to blow better in the city environment or on the highway? So, yep, on the highway. If I drive and stop and go traffic, it never gets cold enough, but if I jump on the freeway, it it does it. But still, even then, it's not cold enough. All right. Okay. Well, that's subjective. I want you to stop at an auto parts store and buy one of those little thermometers for about 9 or $10. I want you to put it in the center vent of your dashboard. Let me ask you a question. Are you on normal or are you, are, are you on recirculatory, and what fan speed do you use? So I'm always on recirculatory, and when I jump in the car, I, I turn it on high. Okay. Good for you. Because that's the way I like to run my air conditioning, and that's the way I wish all my customers, and if they get too cold, roll a window down and mix some of the warm air with the cold air. But it's kind of like a horse in the barn. If you if you take him out and walk him around a tree every day, he never gets really healthy. But if you get up and you saddle him up and you ride him hard for five miles every day, he'll be a really tough horse. Your air conditioning system is the same way. Your air conditioning system li- likes to be run. 
and it doesn't like you to put your fan speed on one and keep it on recirculatory where it freezes up the evaporator and turns the compressor on and off, on and off, on and off, on and off. That's bad for it. You're looking for 55 degrees or less out of the center vent temperature. 55 degrees or less, but you can't test your car on a day that's over 100 degrees. So you want to be in an ambient temperature environment of 100 degrees or less because I'm going to change that 55. So you go buy your little thermostat, stick it in there, go to recirculatory. Go. I, I don't want you to go to high speed. I want you to go to number three, right below high speed. Okay. And I want you to use it out throughout a, a day or two. And I want you to monitor the outside temperature, but just look at it. If you're sitting there at 51, 52, 49, I doubt if you're going to be at 49, but if you're getting the low 50s, then unfortunately that is the spec. However, we've never had a dipstick for the Freon until just recently. So today we have machines that suck your refrigerant out, and we look at it and we weigh it, and it's 22 ounces, and we know that you take 31. So we're going to clean yours up and put it right back in. Then we're going to add the difference between 22 and 31, which is 9 ounces. You leave with exactly the amount, and I'm telling you that people come back and say you made a big difference. And the example I just gave you, you're down a third in refrigerant. So you're at 22 and it holds 31. So you're down a third. That's going to make a difference. I've seen five ounces make a difference. And the cost on that is $150 or less. And that's assuming it blows cold. When it's from, So you ask them, do you have a machine that can recover my refrigerant, clean it, put it right back in my car, and then top me off? I want an exact charge. And there's a sticker underneath the hood that tells us what the exact charge is. So today, for the first time ever, we have this so-called dipstick. And this is the home run you might want to look for. And if you can't find a shop, call me or email me, and I'll help you find a shop that has that. What part of town do you, are you in, Gary? I'm in uh, Peoria. I work near I-17 and 101. Okay. All right. I can probably find a shop that has that kind of recovery system. The machine's kind of expensive, but those of us that have those machines really understand the benefit to our customers. And you do that once every three or four years. So $150 or less every three or four years, you're home free. All right, Gary, thank you for calling. 602-508-0960. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. The Seth Liebson Show, where it's principles, not politics. We negotiate with Iran while they are holding four American hostages, but that issue is never on the table. The Cuban embassy hoists the flag in Washington, D.C., and John Kerry says our nations differ on human rights and political systems. And the administration does nothing and says nothing about illegal immigrants who are coming here and killing American citizens. At what point do we start caring more about our friends than our enemies? Weekday nights from 9 to 11 p.m. You have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Auto was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB online. They're proud of their A-plus rating. They have ASE certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Auto offers a precursory inspection, the same as some charge $49 for. They offer a two-year, 24,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. If you live in the Northwest area, you have two Thunderbird Autos to choose from. One at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird in Peoria, just west of the 101. And one at Mountain View and Reams Road in Surprise. That's just south of Grand Avenue. For more information, see ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. 
Visit them at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird in Peoria and at Mountain View and Reams Road in Surprise, just south of Grand Avenue. ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Hello, I'm Tom Brown for Benefit Air. Mike, I'm reading about Benefit Air clients on Yelp. Impressive. Thanks, Tom. We're really grateful when people recognize our emphasis on integrity, quality, and competent service. You know we're talking about the most expensive appliance in your home. Right. Let me read a comment here. Scotty in Scottsdale gives his full story, then says, quote, In short, these guys passed on work to save me money and to ensure the service was performed at a time when it would be best. I doubt many other companies would do that, unquote. Mike, it really makes me wonder just what you can do for someone right now that needs heating or AC service. Tom, when you call Benefit Air, we're always upfront about what to expect on both pricing and options. To find out how Benefit Air can help you with your own cooling and heating needs, call 602-840-9229. That's 602-840-9229, or find us on the web at BenefitAir.com. Experience the benefit of using Benefit Air. America, welcome home the brave. The brave men and women who serve their country are coming home. Home to their cities and towns. Home to their mountains and valleys. Home to their families and friends. Home to America. Some of these warriors are coming home with wounds you can see, and some with wounds you can't see, like post-traumatic stress disorder. Wounded Warrior Project was created to provide the support these wounded veterans need to ensure their return to America is well-adjusted and successful. But we need your help to ensure that our mission is a success. Help us honor and empower these wounded warriors. Contact us at findwwp.org. America, welcome home the brave. If you're looking for the latest videos, audio, and articles from the top political minds from around the country, like Jonah Goldberg, Thomas Sowell, Michelle Malkin, and many more, then The Patriot has you covered. Just log on to 960thepatriot.com today. Looking to know what's up on the Dennis Prager Show? Like 960 The Patriot on Facebook for daily show updates. The Patriot. Welcome back, everybody. 22 minutes after the hour, 11 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem. Let me tell you about Kurtz Auto Repair real quick. Kurtz is proud to be an independent, family-owned, and operated auto repair shop. They were recognized at the, at the Better Business Bureau Annual Ethics Awards as winners in their category. And you don't get to be a winner unless you are truly a leader in your industry. Since they opened their doors in 1987, Kurtz Auto Repair has been working on domestic and imports, both gas and diesel. They have ASE certified technicians, which means your car is going to be properly repaired and diagnosed by certified professionals. Kurtz Auto Repair is located at I-17 and Bell Road in Phoenix. And if you want to aggravate Kurt, ask, call him up and ask him uh, if you can bring your lawnmower in for an oil change. Um, it's not that he hates that. He hates that I say that. <laughs> and so, and I'm just, just razzing him a little bit. But I think he'll actually work on your lawnmower if you ask him to. But Kurtz Auto Repair, I-17, and the and Bell Road, northeast corner. Steve, good morning to you. How can I help you this morning? 
Yeah, hi, Mark. I've got a question about whether or not I'm using too much oil in a car. I've got a 2007 Lexus RX 350, 75,000 miles. Um, used about four quarts, maybe a little more, in the last 3,500 miles. Just took a 400-mile uh, trip on the highway, used about uh, maybe a third to a half a quart. Don't see any blue smoke when I start the car. Don't see any blue smoke or any smoke when I'm on the road. No oil leaks on the garage floor. I just wondered what you thought. Well, right after you, I was going to read this message. Are you ready? Sure. I have two Chevrolets, and um, one of them uses a quarter every 1,500 miles, and he said exactly the same thing you said. Nothing on the ground, no blue smoke. Okay, if you're using four quarts in 3,500 miles or in a 3,400-mile trip, that's a quarter every 800 miles. Now, I know that you don't want to hear this, and I don't want you to be mad at the messenger, but <laughs> if you really ask the new car makers, they'll tell you that the minimal acceptable is one quarter every 750 miles, and I suggest to you and everybody within the sound of my voice that if they were to tell the truth to people that buy new cars that the minimally exciting and that's called meet specifications okay okay the minimum is a quarter every 700 i would say why don't you tell everybody that before they buy their brand new car because that would queer the deal no question about it yeah. nobody's going to buy a car that uses a quarter every 750 miles so you're using a quarter every 800 miles and the real question is is where's it going and we have to find that and the easiest way to find that is, is you say that it's not leaking and it's not coming out of the tailpipe, but I'm saying it's probably coming out of the tailpipe and you're not seeing it. Okay. I'm saying that if I were to take the spark plugs out of that, I bet I could tell you which cylinder is consuming the oil because the spark plug will be considerably different looking than the others. Wow. So I think I would do that. Now, let me ask you a question. There's a full mark and an ad mark on your dipstick, right? Right. I want to hear you tell me, raise your right hand, <laughs> and tell me that you never add oil till the oil is at the ad mark or below the ad mark. Tell me that. Uh, you got it. Okay. Because I talked to an older gentleman just the other day, and he had this tremendous oil consumption problem on a 1980s vintage vehicle. And I said to him, you can't add oil before it hits the add mark, because the add mark to the full mark is one quart. Yeah. Now, in your case, if you don't add that quart, will it actually drop down quite a ways below the add mark, or will it stabilize at the oil at the add mark? No, it'll drop down below the add mark. Okay. Because sometimes there are cars out there, and I don't have an explanation why, that don't like that last quart. I have lots of customers who tell me that they just keep it at the add mark, because it never drops below that. So it eats that final quart but it won't eat anything below that yeah. but in your particular case how many miles are on that Lexus 75k uh, 75 yeah yeah uh, if I I would run a wet dry compression test on the cylinder once I found the spark plug that was discolored because it's consuming oil so I checked the rings maybe you broke a ring and I'm sure that if I paid you a million dollars and said to you Steve I want you to go break the compression ring on your Lexus you could <laughs> not collect my money ain't gonna happen it's just the luck of the draw. I had a diesel in there the other day that had a broken piston ring. No, no rhyme or reason. Pulled piston out, put a new set of rings in it. Cylinder came back to 200 pounds. Boom, boom, boom. Car's gone. Except the bill's 
2500 bucks because you got to pull the head and you got to pull the oil pan yeah, to get the, yeah. the piston out. So now, what kind of oil are you using? Uh, whatever the Lexus dealer recommends, uh, I add, when I add, I add uh, Penn's oil 10W30. Okay. All right. I agree with you. I like that. But if you want, you can try to slow down the oil consumption by going to a straight 30 weight. Okay. And try that next time. Ask them or just pull into a quick lube facility or a garage and have them do an oil change and just do a 30 weight and see what happens. See if a viscosity change makes a big difference. Okay. Now, I want you to pay particular attention on a hot restart. I want you to, to which side of the car is the tailpipe on, the drivers or the passenger? The passenger. Then you keep an eye on that rear view mirror when you start it. When you start it, I want you to give it a quick rev. Whoppa! And if there's blue smoke coming out of the back, then you say, okay, I never rev it, but Mark made me rev it, and now I see the blue smoke. Yeah, you know, I've tried that, and I still don't see any smoke. Well, the catalytic I mean, converter. Be a tiny puff, but that's about it. Okay. Another thing that can happen too sometimes is is we contaminate the oil because we have a fuel injector that's leaking gas. Uh, so you don't know that there's a fuel injector leaking gas, but it leaks gas and it contaminates oil and it turns the oil into what effectively has the consistency of water, and then the engine begins to aspirate oil, and you have an oil consumption problem. So how's your fuel economy? Has it taken a dive lately? No, it's not bad. Okay, not so it hasn't all. changed in the last 10,000 miles. Uh, not that I'm aware of, no. Not okay. any, no. Certainly not any worse. All right. So I guess the thing to do is is let's change the oil, let's put 30 weight in it, and let's start monitoring. And I want you to do what I call an oil consumption test. I want you to take a piece of paper, and I want you to draw your dipstick on there, and I want you to have the full mark and the add mark. And on this date, at this mileage, I want you to draw a line horizontal to the full mark and say, on this date, I put it at the full mark, exactly at the full mark, and this was the mileage. Then as you go along, when it hits the ad mark, then you're going to move over to the right, and you're going to write the date and the mileage, and you're going to say, this is when it hit the ad mark. I wonder if time causes a dilution of the oil, so we have a small fuel leak that's causing the dilution of the oil after three or four or 5,000 miles. So at the first 3,000 miles are okay, but it takes us that long to contaminate the oil with gasoline yeah. Yeah. and thin it out. So you might try that. Yeah, I don't drive it a lot. So Okay. All right, I got to take a break. You stay right there. I have one more comment for you. So you stay right there. Anybody else? 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. This is Bob Jones, owner of Quality Transmission Service in Tempe. Over the years, we've noticed we get two types of customers. One customer drives into our shop at the first sign of a problem, and the other waits until the vehicle breaks down and has to be towed in. The drivers who bring us their transmissions right away often catch the problem in the early stages while it's still a minor problem. The other customers push their vehicle so the minor problem becomes major. So if you're ignoring the signs that your transmission needs service, won't you stop by Quality Transmission Service today while you have the best chance of getting good news about the repair? The problem won't go away on its own. Find out for yourself why customers love us. Check out our listing on Mark Salem's website, Best Car Repair Shops in Phoenix. At Quality Transmission Service in Tempe, we'd love to make you our customer, but only you can choose which type of customer you'll be. 
Did you know Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Rain Tree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating, and they're also recommended by GarageFly. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates, and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint, and it's waterborne paint, so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. Change in the market shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. In fact, since World War II, we've seen a correction on average about once every 18 months. That's why Arlington Capital Management developed proprietary tools that help them to see what's beyond your investment horizon. Like an experienced ship captain uses tools to avoid stormy weather, Arlington Capital Management uses tools to guide you through market corrections before it's too late and help us decide when to capitalize on opportunity. Call Arlington Capital Management today at 855-471-5796 to learn how their active management systems can help you. Each day, they actively explore the market, our economy, and all the variables that affect your investments. Stormy markets never cloud their vision. The professionals at Arlington Capital Management use their tools and experience to guide them. Call Arlington Capital Management today at 855-471-5796 for a financial review. The number again is 855-471-5796 or learn more at arlington-capital.com. Hey kids, let mom help with your science project. This new mom wants her kids' science project to thrive. Too bad she hasn't cracked a science book since 1985. A metathesis reaction? Compounds, mixtures, and elements. Even this baking soda volcano is too big of an experiment. Whoa. Now she's completely forgotten the periodic table. Now she's burning a hole through the kitchen table. Burning with science. But her kids' love for their mom is truly transparent. Proof you don't have to be perfect to be the perfect parent. Don't tell Dad. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of siblings in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. 34 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem, and we're here for another about 40 minutes. If you'd like to give us a call, you can. Actually, 30 minutes. 602-508-0960 if you have a car question. I want to talk about automatic transmission exchange for just a second here. Automatic transmission exchange is owned and operated since 1968 by Phil. His staff and Phil are transmission diagnostic experts. Just the other day, a customer took their car to a well-known transmission shop, and the estimate was $4,000 for a transmission overhaul, but it was an older model car, and the transmission was one that everybody pretty much knows how to rebuild by now, because it's been out there for about 30, 40 years. He called me up, and I said, you know what, try automatic transmission exchange. Talked to Phil, and he says he was in another for 1800 bucks, and he was really happy. 
So there is a difference, and that's the reason why you have to shop around. And the warranties were the exact same thing, except one was twice as much as the other. Plus, the first shop had said, come in for 75 and diagnostic, and then when the car got there, the shop changed the diagnostic fee to 300. And the customer said, nah, I don't want that. So Automatic Transmission Exchange is a go-to transmission shop for me. If you live in central Phoenix or anywhere near 40th Street in Washington, that's where Automatic Transmission Exchange is. They've been around a long time. And Phil is the kind of guy that you look, shake his hand, and you know he's a salty son of a gun, and he's been around the block a few times. That's Automatic Transmission Exchange, central Phoenix area, 40th Street in Washington. Okay, Steve. Yeah. Steve, I, I, thank you for working for me with me, but, but I'm going to use another example real quick. I had a, a gentleman call me recently about the same kind of situation you had, and everything I suggested to him, he had an answer for me. So at the end of the conversation, I said to him, you looked at the spark plugs and you couldn't tell the difference. You looked at the tailpipe and you know there's no blue smoke coming from it, and it's not leaking a drop of oil, but in his case... He was actually under you. He was like a quarter every 500 miles. So I said, that's kind of like you're just everything I say, you've got an answer for. Yeah. And, and, and obviously the problem is is that one of your answers is deficient. So it's time for a fresh pair of eyes as opposed to whoever's been the one that's been looking at your car. And I suspect it was actually the guy I was talking to. But in, in your particular case, we got a plan. I think you'll be able to figure this out. And and realistically, let's say, for instance, that you do have a compression problem in one of the cylinders. Yeah. We have different treatments and different additives that we can actually pour into that cylinder. Or we can do a lot of different things to try to clean it up because sometimes the rings just get dirty and mucked up. And we just add a little chemical to that particular cylinder or to your fuel. And we can clean it up and get the compression to come back. So okay. there's lots of things, but you help me because if you say there's no blue smoke and it's not on the ground and the spark plugs look clean and it idles perfectly, you've you've gutted me. I don't have an answer for you at that point. <laughs> but in your case, I think let's change the viscosity. Let's see what the first 3,000 miles looks like, and let's see if we have a dilution issue with you. Okay. okay? Thank you, Steve. Thank you very much. Dan, you're up next. How can I help you, Dan? Good morning, Mark. How are you doing? Good, good. I have a 77 Chevy four-wheel drive truck that when I turn on the headlights, the fuel gauge goes to empty. Okay. I, I'm, I'm thinking that there's a dashboard connection problem because for one reason or another, when you turn on the headlights, the electrical consumption of the headlights is changing the fuel gauge, and that's the only thing that changes the fuel gauge. So either the fuel gauge has lost one of its connections and is borrowing the connection from the headlight circuit, perhaps a ground. So the fuel pump or the fuel gauge doesn't have its own ground anymore. So it's borrowing one from the headlights. Or when you turn the headlights on, the ground goes away to the fuel gauge. But one way or another, you're going to have to pull the dash panel out of that thing. I would suggest. Can you? Is that something you want to try yourself? Sure, I can do that. Okay, pull the dash panel out, disconnect the battery, pull the dash panel. You're going to find a, a big connector at the back that plugs into the entire dash. When you take that off, I want you to inspect it with a flashlight and a magnifying glass and look for any green moss or any calcium deposits or any discoloration of any of the pins. 
Then I want you to turn the dash panel face down on a big thick towel, and the best place to do it is in the kitchen on the dinner table, because then your wife will really be mad at you. And then you're going to isolate the connections to the fuel gauge, and you're going to unplug and plug each one of those. And if there's a printed circuit board on the back, you're going to also loosen up the nuts or the connectors and then tighten them up, loosen them up, tighten them up. Then put it all back in and see what happens. The other thing is, is when you, when you, when you're doing this work, I want you to make sure that the negative cable on the battery goes to the engine. And I want to make sure at the back of the motor, there's a cable that goes from the back of the engine to the frame, and I, a negative cable, because when we, when we ground the engine, we're not grounding the frame or the radiator or the dash panel or the cab because the motor sits in rubber mounts. So we have to have what we call jumper grounds that go from the engine to the frame. Then we go from the negative cable to the engine, the negative cable to the fender, the negative cable to the frame, the negative cable to the cab. Do you see what I mean? So it could be that you're missing a ground somewhere. If anybody's done any work lately and they didn't put the ground strap back on, that could be your problem. And keep in mind, your headlights are not grounded to the motor. They're up there on the what we call the core support, the, the big piece of metal that holds the radiator. So if you have to, go from the negative cable of the battery to that core support and get your number 10 wire and a couple of eyelets and put a ground in there and see if that makes a difference. But that's the kind of work a diagnostician would do. Okay? All righty. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dan. That was a good question. I haven't had that one in a long time. When we come back, we're going to take Brian. He'll be first. And if you'd like to join us, you can at 602-508-0960. Michael Medved recognizes a familiar pattern in the Chattanooga shooter. But what wrong, obviously, is that he became more deeply involved in a strain of Islamic teaching that would tend to make you a violent crazy. Does that exist in any other religious group? Not that I know of. The Michael Medved Show, weekdays at noon, right before Hugh Hewitt at 3, on Intelligent Talk 960, The Patriot. Hello, I'm Bob Jones, owner of Quality Transmission Service in Tempe. As a kid, I was a Boy Scout, which taught me to live my life by honest principles. Through hard work and dedication to those principles, I earned the rank of Eagle Scout. I started Quality Transmission in 1977 and set out to build the most honest and trusted transmission shop in the area. In 2003, Quality Transmission was given the first Business Ethics Award from the local Better Business Bureau and was presented to me by Steve Forbes of Forbes Magazine. No other transmission shop in the state has earned this award. Quality Transmission is also a charter member of Mark Salem's Best Auto Repair Shops in Phoenix, and we are one of only two transmission shops in the Valley that are AAA-approved auto repair facilities. I ran quality transmission using the principles I learned as a Boy Scout, which means that you can trust us to tell it like it is when you bring your car or truck to quality transmission in Tempe. You have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Auto was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004... They won that award. Check them out at the BBB online. They're proud of their A-plus rating. They have ASC certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Auto offers a precursory inspection, the same as some charge $49 for. They offer a two-year, 24,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. 
If you live in the Northwest area, you have two Thunderbird autos to choose from. One at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird in Peoria, just west of the 101. And one at Mountain View and Reams Road in Surprise. That's just south of Grand Avenue. For more information, see ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Visit them at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird in Peoria and at Mountain View and Reams Road in Surprise, just south of Grand Avenue. ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. This is Hugh Hewitt for townhall.com. The Colorado Springs Gazette has published a special report on the impact of marijuana legalization on the Centennial State, a special section called Clearing the Haze, piloted by their editorial page editor, Wayne Logison. The results are not pretty. Legal marijuana has not raised a penny for the schools, as was promised, but has instead created an enormous addiction problem among young Coloradans. The state has also attracted cross-country criminals, and indeed even the cartels that proponents had hoped would be set back by legalization. And thousands of marijuana establishments have sprung up that are poorly regulated, and the dope is particularly strong. In short, it's a public policy disaster. And it all remains very illegal under federal law. All that needs to happen is for a president and an attorney general to take note of the facts on the ground and act. Look for this issue to raise its head in the Republican presidential debates and expect Colorado to try and find a way to put this very bad genie back in its bottle. Today, my new dad and I shot off a rocket in the park. Today, my new son and I failed to shoot off a rocket. The rocket launched into the air. And then crashed into the pond. I'll never forget that day. I'll never forget that day, even if I tried. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of kids in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. 44 minutes after the hour. My name is Mark Salem. And we're here till the top of the hour. And we got the lines full. So I'm going to tell you real quick about Larry Harker's auto repair. I'll, I'll tell you about Larry Harker's auto repair real quick. In the last week, he's fixed two cars that nobody else could fix. I recommended him because the folks lived close to him. He's at 38th Avenue and in Indian School. Bob is the lead technician. Ellen, his wife, handles the office, handles the front counter, handles the work orders, handles the customers. But Bob is really good. And you can take it from me. He has gray hair, and, and he's been around a long time, and he knows the fundamentals about cars. He's not one of these guys that bought this shop two and three days ago and is all of a sudden a master tech and a know-it-all. That's not Bob at all. He's really good. So it pleases me to refer people to a shop and have them call me back and say, he found it and he fixed it. That's what's really important. So Larry Harker's been around since 1967. Bob and Ellen are your contact points, 38th Avenue and Indian School, and I'm really proud to recommend Larry Harker's Auto Repair. Brian, you're up next, buddy. How can I help you? Uh, good morning. Hi. Uh, I have a 2007 Dodge Nitro that um, I started noticing about three weeks ago a, uh, a small puddle of transmission fluid um, underneath the vehicle. However, it's, it's located at the front of the vehicle. So okay. there's a, um, a transmission cooler in front of the radiator, but uh, neither one of those lines is leaking. Okay. Well, why couldn't it be power steering fluid? Well, I've, I've checked the level on it, and I've not noticed any, any drop. And that, that okay. Would make sense. That, 
No, it's it's that's not what we do. This is what I want you to do. Um, I want you to. Now you're not going to have your wife do this. This is between you and me. Are you ready for this? I'm all set. You're gonna you're gonna find the leak on the ground. You're gonna back the car up, find the leak, and you're gonna take your finger and dip it in the leak, and you're gonna touch it to your thumbnail. Then you're gonna get the power steering dipstick, have the hood open, take the power steering dipstick and touch it to your index finger fingernail, and then pull the tranny stick and dust it to that middle finger, and look at all three of them. and I'll never buy another nitro again because of it. It's a sealed uh, transmission. It's the dealer only. So I have a have an appointment for Monday morning so they can let me know if the transmission fluid is low or not. There's um, which I need to get it checked anyway. There's ninety thousand miles on it. Um, okay. But well, let's let's then if that's the case, let's wait until we hear from them because this could just as easily be a leak in another circuit. So, um, and 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 frankly, there's a whole lot of transmissions out there. You, if you're never going to buy a sealed transmission, you've just eliminated about 40% of all the cars that are made in the 2015 right. year, because they've they taken that away from us. That'll change. That'll change, and it'll come back the way it was. But right now, they seem to think that it's a good idea to seal the transmissions. However. We know how to get around the seal transmissions, and if you write buy the right adapters, you can do that, and you can flush them and refill them and all that kind of stuff. But frankly, if they say that it's a lifetime thing, then let them live with the ramifications of that. Sure. In your particular case, you, you still got power steering there. I need to know if the fluid leaking on the ground looks just like the power steering, because this could be a rack and pinion leak. It could be a high-pressure hose, a low-pressure hose of the pump. You can't tell the difference by looking at it. You, you're not good enough, and neither am I, to look at a leak and say it's tranny fluid. It could easily be power steering fluid, okay? Okay, well, now, let me ask you this. It's, it's only doing it when the when the engine is turned off. It doesn't make it doesn't... any difference. Okay. I'm not going to fix a leak based on that. Uh, I'm going right. to fix a leak based on the color and where it's coming from, and it won't show on the dipstick of the power steering or if you had the tranny because it's, the transmission holds 10 quarts and the power steering holds a quart. You're not going to see a drip or two on the dipstick. It isn't going to happen. Thanks a lot, Brian. Uh, Chris, you're up next, buddy. How can I help you? Hi, Mark. I have a 2005 GMC Denali with the auto ride suspension, has the auto leveler shocks in the rear. Uh huh. And about three years ago, the the rubber on the uh, the auto leveling portion of the shocks blew out, and I just figured they were old. So I replaced them with some uh, with some Monroes that were supposedly the direct replacement, and they blew out in probably. Six eight months. What does that mean? Blow out. Uh, there's rubber that works as an air shock, and they exploded. The so bellows. The, what's that? The bellow. Yes. The, the big bellows. bladders. Okay. The bladders. The bladders blew out, and the shocks still function. Um, okay. And I hadn't. I don't really. When I load my trailers, I load them, you know, pretty evenly. And okay. I well, I got I got to I got to cut you off because I got to cut you off because I don't care about that. Um, I think what's wrong is is that there's an arm and a valve in the back of your Denali, and it, depending on where the rear bumper is, it's either going to let air out if the bumper's too high or if it's going to let air in. And I think the reason why you're blowing up those brand new mineral shocks is is because the leveling device is defective and the pump is running and there's nothing to shut the pump off, so the pump just blows up the shocks. That's what I think. 
And I think that's where you should look, is have somebody look at the leveling device, and it's really simple to check that, but you have to know where it's at and how it works. So it's it's highly unlikely that the Monroe shocks couldn't handle the air. It's more likely that the pump ran forever and blew the shocks up because it never knew when to shut off, and that's the problem. Thank you very much, Chris. Good luck to you. Marty, you're up next. How are you? Good morning. Uh, this is Marty in uh, Glendale, Arizona, first-time caller, long-time listener. We have a two- Thank you. We have a 2010 Explorer, and my wife decided she's going to lose her key fob and key. I can get an aftermarket key fob, and I can uh, program it, but when I called Ford about getting a key, they're telling me it's $50 for the key and $50 to program it, and I'm sort of in shell shock. I'm wondering, do I have any other options? Yeah, there's all kinds of places that will make you a new key and program your car for about half that price. Um, what you do is you call a couple of repair shops in your area and ask them if they have somebody who will come to their repair shop and then cut uh, and then and then tell the computer that this key is a valid key. All of us have those kinds of guys. I don't have that information in front of me, or I'd give you mine. But we have those kinds of guys. After you call three or four repair shops, you're going to get the same name two or three times. Then you call that person, and I think we spend about 50 to $60 to have them come out and cut the key and then reprogram the computer. Okay. I didn't realize there's an RFID chip in the key itself. She has the right. It's fully loaded. Why? Yeah, but the key itself is is we have to and and I'll tell you what you can program the computer because oftentimes that processor that process is in your owner's manual. Otherwise, you put the, you put the old key in, you turn it on, the computer says I see it, and then you take it out and you put the new key in and you put it back on, and then it says Oh, is this the one you want me to program? And you say yes, and it says Well, you've already got three keys and I can only hold three keys. Which key do you want me to remove? And you say Remove number two or number three, and I want to put this one in as number three, and that's how the communication starts. So look in your owner's manual. You might be able to have the key cut, and you might be able to program it yourself. Okay. Thank you. Very Thank you, Marty. Much. You're welcome. Good luck to you. RC, you're up next. How can I help you? Okay, Joe, you're up next. How are you? Best way to run the air conditioner uh, during the you know all the time. Well, the very first thing, the very first thing you want to do is is you want to you want to roll your windows down just a little bit and go to normal and go to high speed. Uh huh. We're going to get the air conditioning fired up, but hot air rises. So when we drop the windows down three inches on the drivers and the passenger side, the cold air comes in. It takes up the space in our lap but it pushes the hot air out the window. Okay. So we do that for the first three or four minutes of driving. Then we roll the windows up. We go to recirculatory, Uh and we kick the fan speed up, and we just keep driving. So let's get the hot air out of the car, and and when you're in normal mode, we're taking outside air and pushing it through the cold evaporator, and then we're shoving it into the car. Well, that's kind of like blowing on the pop bottle. You have to have a window open in order to have the transfer of air. So people use normal. Have you lived in Arizona most of your life? Yes. Have you ever? So you've lived in a house with a swamp cooler, haven't you? No. Well, years ago I did. Yeah. Okay. You remember? You can't roll up all the windows in the house and shut all the doors and turn on the swamp cooler because it can't work. Right. So that's what normal is. Normal is swamp cooler. Uh huh. So we have to open a window on normal, but then we shut the windows on recirculatory, and recirculatory is air conditioning in your house today. Okay. So you better leave it on recirculatory all the time. I mean, the inside air, right? 
I do because I want see outside air is 100 degrees. Right. But inside air starts at 100, but then it goes to 95, and then 90, and then 70, and 75, and 65, and 50, and 45. Okay. As we as we recirculate the air through the glove box area, it gets colder and colder and colder. Why would I want to cool off the outside air? Why would I think it's a good idea to put 100 degree air into my air conditioning system and expect I'm going to bl- it's going to blow ice cubes at me? Right. Okay. So recirculatory is far better, but we're going to use normal, or what I call swamp cooler. We're going to use that for the first three minutes when we get into a hot car, just to get the hot air out, roll the windows up, recirculatory. Boom, we're there. Okay? I got it. Thank you very much. Thank you. You bet. Uh, anybody else? <laughs> Oh, God. you guys, the reason why I was rushing through your calls is because um, it happens every once in a while that when um, I'm on the air that I, I get full boards the last segment, and the last segment starts at about 44, and it goes to 58, so I've only got 14 minutes. If anybody wants to call in right now, I can take you, 602-508-0960, um, 602-508-0960. RC, I missed you. You dropped off. You can call back. I'll get you first if you call back. But Joe, and I have to make notes about this, is best way to run our uh, best way to run AC. So hopefully you understood the difference. Those of you that have been in Arizona a long time understand swamp cooler and refrigeration. And that's exactly what normal is. Normal is swamp cooler. You cannot run normal in your mode, normal mode in your car with all the windows rolled up because the car will never cool off. It's important to understand how the AC works, and it's important how to get the hot air out and replace it with cold air. Then once you get cold air inside your car, roll the windows up, go to recirculatory, and now through through just attrition, we're going to remove the heat. So if the inside air is 90, and we move from there. All righty, Cusser, good morning to you. How can I help you? Hi, I, I called you and talked to you a few uh, weeks ago. Had a slugging compressor in a 2005 Yukon, and okay. I kept breaking the uh, little serpentine AC belt. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, I've read up on this. There's a TSB, blah blah blah. I think I even emailed you. Anyway, today I'm installing a brand new Dento compressor, and I took out the old compressor, and there's basically zero oil in it. Now remember, this is a system that was cooling great. It was just breaking belt. And it kind of ruined my tensioner. By okay, I don't have much time, Cusser, so I have to interrupt you and tell you there are directions in your Denso box that tells you what to do depending on how much oil you pour out of the old compressor. So get the directions and read them. It'll say something similar to this. It'll say if you pour out three, then put in three. If you pour out five, put in two. If you pour out nothing, put in three. So it tells you what to do. I got your email, and I was a little confused about that because you said that it had something to do with something completely different. And 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 when we talked last time, it was you told me that the belt was broken, and I asked you that that would be a compressor issue, and you said no. So I'm a little confused about all that because if the belt's broken, then how is the air conditioning belt get broken if the compressor didn't temporarily or instantaneously lock up? 
So that's kind of the problem. And then you had said that you found a TSB um, about a idler pulley or a tensioner or something like that, and uh, that fixed the problem. But then now you're working on the belt again or on the AC compressor, which was my original guess. So fill me in on that when you get a chance, and we'll do it via email. Mark at MarkSalem.com is my email address. Mark at MarkSalem.com. You're welcome to send me an email, and I answer all of them personally. Drive, your, drive safely and wear your seatbelt, and I'll see you next Saturday.